Welcome to Abiding in Avalon. I am your friendly neighborhood Judas Pagan Witch, Rebecca Thistle, podcasting to you live-ish from my doodly hermitage. That's this basement that I live in. <laughs> I used to call it my subterranean fortress of solitude, but now I'm a doodly hermit, or a dudist hermit, at least for right now. You know, I may, I may come out of hermit mode at some point in the future. We'll see. We'll see, but you know, all I have, all I have is right now. So, anyways, I'm a coffee. <laughs> this is this is the show. I I think I I think, <laughs> I think I speculated on this last week, or maybe I've speculated on it before last week. This is the show where you get to wake up with me. <laughs> like physically or cognitively as well as like spiritually as I'm like kind of talking through some things that that have been going through my mind so from your vantage point um uh, this should be going out on November 10th so from your vantage point um things may be different (laughs) by the time you hear this everything may be different but um I pre-record these you know so I have less pressure on myself to to meet a deadline, you know, it's, uh, I think I, I, I think I might have, a, a that pathological demand avoidance, um, cause like, I'm fine with being asked to do something, I'm not so fine with being demanded to do something, like, my, my daughter, you know, she's four years old, so she's a little bossy, and I mean, when she was two and three, it's not like she wasn't any less bossy. It was she didn't have the uh, vocabulary to be as bossy as she is now. And so she goes, Mama, you have to do this. Or, Mama, I need you to do this. And, just, and you know, when she says, I need you to do this. And it's like, but why? Like, it, it's not a life and, or death matter, Right. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I get real shirty about it. So, you know, we're working on let's ask, not demand. I'm fine with being asked. I'm not so fine with demanding. And it's, it's been really, it's been really interesting because we've been working on this for a, a few days now. Because I finally just went, okay, she's just She's asking, but she doesn't know that she's demanding. She thinks she's asking. She's actually demanding. So over the past couple of days, I'm like, okay, you need to ask, not demand. And so we've been working through how do you ask? What's, how do you f- uh, formulate a, a, a question? And so it's gotten to a point where if she demands, I don't react. And then almost immediately she will turn around and she'll, and she'll say, will you do this? You know, please. <laughs> and, and I go, yes, yes, I will. And, um, and very rapidly, like it's, it's, it's more often she's starting to come up to me and, and ask her question rather than demand my services. (laughs) Anyways, um, so I want to talk about the world. I know that's a, that's a big thing to talk about. Um, and then actually it's, it's not as big as you might think. Um, (laughs) So there's this there's this quote that I reposted on Facebook like seven years ago, and so it pops up in my memories regularly. Obviously, a year ago, or you know, each year I see it again, and um, 
like initially it was I like shared it from another account and then that account uh, made the post unshareable or Facebook changed sharing guidelines I don't know anyways so then I just copied and pasted it into my own so whenever that memory comes up there's also a corresponding memory from myself <laughs> anyways <laughs> but the the quote despite me seeing it annually usually I, I've, I've been avoiding my uh, my memories for the past year or so because yeah anyways um but despite my, myself seeing that, I can never remember it word for word. But the, the quote goes something to the effect of, um, a loving person lives in a loving world, and a malicious person lives in a malicious world. Everyone we see is our mirror. Or everyone we encounter is our mirror. And I've, and I've referenced this quote in uh, spiritual forums. You know, when I was still using Reddit, the r slash spirituality, I would reference it in comments there. I would reference it in groups on Facebook. And I think, I, I don't think I ever stopped to look at how I look at the world, you know, and especially here as I have been um, peeling back layers of trauma and um, uh, dense energy, I guess you could say. <laughs> Like, doing this spiritual archaeology, um, as I like to call it, just, you know, brushing back layers upon layers of of traumas and, and beliefs that don't actually serve me. You know, I, I have started, you know, realizing some things about myself, and then I start getting angry at the world. Like, the world expects this of me. The world wants me to do this. The world thinks of me like this. And then uh, this month, and, and you know, and I, and I think what I was, not I think, I know, one of the things that I was doing when I would start getting angry at the world um, is I, I, would, I would avoid that feeling by, you know, opening up uh, usually TikTok. <laughs> Uh, opening up TikTok and scrolling until until I wasn't angry anymore, <laughs> which is which is kind of hard when you're when you're in certain parts of the TikTok algorithm and you're like, oh my gosh, the world is horrifying. <laughs> but then you're angry about something something other than the world hates you, you know, or your perception that the world hates you. And so, um, and so, uh, if you've been following along for the past few weeks, you know that. Uh, through the month of October, you're not hearing this till November, but, um, uh, I don't know, by the time you hear this, I may, <laughs> I may still be on a self-imposed <laughs> social media exile, but I, I've been taking a break from social media and, and sort of, um, reflecting on myself and my life and you know what I want and who I am and, and all this stuff and peeling back layers upon layers upon layers of stuff that I'm like I thought I, I thought I worked with this I thought I had already you know healed this nope <laughs> you didn't heal what's really beneath that and um and so one of the things that I have realized is that I didn't fully understand that quote, and I probably still don't fully understand that quote. 
um, which is fine. You know, this is, this is where I am now as I'm realizing that it's not the world that despises me. It's not the world that has these high expectations that I can't meet. It's me. I loathe myself. I think of myself as ugly and useless and worthless. Um, I have these high expectations of this is what I should be doing with my life. You know, I'm 37 years old. You know, <laughs> I have a hard time watching uh, certain TV shows because, you know, these are uh, young people, you know, doing things with their lives. And I'm 37 years old and I feel like I- I'm-, I'm just now learning how how the world works. And part of that is just because I've been so in survival mode. And, you know, and you can make a lot of... Um, you, you could you could speculate on a lot of things, you know, living off of SSI and Medicaid and food stamps in order to just, you know, survive month to month, you know, paycheck to paycheck. It hasn't given me time to learn things that other people learn because the way they survive paycheck to paycheck is different from how I survive paycheck to paycheck. Um, and so anyway, so I... I have these expectations of myself. Like, I had these expectations of how my life was supposed to go, you know, 20 years ago. I actually, almost to the day, it was around about this time 20 years ago. I remember my um, father's wife was screaming at me about how messy my room was <laughs> or how badly I'd cleaned the bathroom or God only knows what it, it, it was, it was always, it, it always started with something to do with cleaning. And then it evolved into like everything you've ever done wrong in your entire life and possibly even past lives. And not only what you've done wrong in this lifetime and other lifetimes, but also what your mother has done wrong, <laughs> what your grandmother did wrong. May she rest in peace. Like, I mean, I, I, I know she's resting in peace. I talk to my grandma all the time, but <laughs> my, my, my father's wife hated his mother anyways. And as you know, and so it, it's hard to be sure like, okay, so what did I do to set you off again? Anyways. So it culminated in her bodily throwing me down the stairs thankfully i clumsy enough that i i recover pretty quickly when i when i trip and fall and stuff like that and screaming at me to join the military because there was nothing there was no help for me outside of that and <laughs> you know and i didn't want to join the military And, uh, and so anyways, and so I went downstairs and my dad, you know, sat at the, the computer with my dad looking over my shoulder and I, you know, looked at how do you enlist in the army? And it's like, yeah, you can't do it online. <laughs> it's, two, it's 2003. <laughs> this isn't a thing yet. 
And he's like, well, then, you know, I guess we'll just have to take you to the enlistment office, and, you know, on some other, you know, time frame. And, of course, you know, he, he forgets because I'm pretty sure he's neurodivergent, too. And, uh, you know, and life went on. And then uh, two months later, <laughs> two months later, it's not funny, but, you know, I have to laugh at it or, or else. You know, two months later, hey, by the way, you're blind-ish. <laughs> And you might die <laughs> because you know how you were telling people that you were having migraines and you know how you were telling people that you were hearing ringing in your ears and they were just like, oh, no, everybody has that. Yeah, uh, for you, it was something. <laughs> now you have a lifelong disability. And, you know, and so anyways, I, I expected my life to go differently. I expected my life to go differently. Um, I, I, I was an unrealized theater kid, so I wanted to study, uh, theater, <laughs> you know, I wanted to do acting and, uh, you know, and, and stuff like that. And I just, I couldn't, you know, um, our school didn't have much of a theater program and take a sip of coffee. But regardless, the point that I'm trying to make is I had these expectations of how my life was going to go. And so here I am 20 years later because of that stupid tumor and because of that vision loss. My life has not gone anything like I thought it would go, let alone how other people's lives have gone. And those are my expectations. Now, now you know, let's let's be fair. These are expectations I was taught to have. And now I have to unlearn those expectations. And it is a process. Um, regardless, you know, th those are still my expectations. That's, that's what it is. Those are my expectations. Um, it's, you know, and, and, and because those are my expectations, I've decided that, that it's the world. That, that that's the problem. And like... Again, like let's be fair, you know. There's, there's, there's the world. There's a part of the world that has those expectations. A not insignificant part of the world that has those expectations for me. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I legitimately thought after after three brain surgeries and vocal cord surgery when I, you know, back in two thousand and four. I thought, you know, I should be able to bounce back from this. And I didn't. I didn't realize how much of the healing process I was going to have to go through, not only physically, but psychologically. And I, I want it, I want, you know, and, and, and I think a big part of um, why I was so depressed after, after all these surgeries a big part of why I was depressed was because I was expecting myself to bounce back. And those are my expectations. And, um, you know, and those expectations reinforced my, I remember my grandmother sat me down and, and was like, well, you know, you can do anything that you put your mind to and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and that really didn't help me, you know, and, you know, and I want to get mad at her because she's a, you know, trained mental health professional. She's a retired licensed professional counselor. And, um, but, you know, even mental health professionals at that time 
didn't really understand mental health as well as we do now. You know? You know, and as... It, and so, anyways, I I just taken all this anger that I have about myself for not being and doing what I think I should be being or doing, even though I'm not in a place to be or do those things, let alone want to be or do those things, you know? <laughs> I don't know if any of this makes sense. But I took all that anger at myself for not living up to my own expectations. I decided that it was the world's that had those expectations. And, and I got angry. I got angry at the world. Um, I, I, I was thinking, uh, as I was making my coffee this morning and, you know, and, and doing, doing my thing, I was thinking about, uh, good Charlotte. <laughs> and it's my favorite band. And, you know, it's like, I, I've, I've gotten a lot of crap from people because good Charlotte is, they're still my favorite band. Um, I don't, I don't think they're putting out any new music as of, as of yet. I think, I think COVID threw a lot of, uh, wrenches and gears and stuff. Um, I know Benji Madden, the, uh, uh, guitarist. I think he does rhythm guitar, but you know, he does like backup vocals anyways, you know, cause it's, it's Benji and Joel Madden. They're the twins and, and front and center in the band. Right. But anyways, <coughs> uh, he had a kid with his wife. And so, you know, I, and so I think he's probably, focused more on producing music because it allows him to to stay a little more close to home but i i don't know i i don't i don't follow it assiduously or voraciously i guess i guess would be a better word as um i i did you know 20 years ago <laughs> anyways um but i was thinking about good charlotte this morning and i was thinking about specifically about their song young and hopeless and, um, which the, or the young and the hopeless is what it's actually called. <laughs> and I remember, I remember the first time I heard that song. I only heard like this. Is, <laughs> oh, this, this is one of my favorite funny, the, you know, this is how Becca just discovers anything stories, right? <laughs> So, um, this was in July of 2003 and I was, uh, I was home alone that week. My, my father's wife and her daughter and my stepsister, uh, I don't have any hard feelings, so she can be my stepsister <laughs> anyways. Uh, they, they were all out in, um, California cause my stepsister had uh, been accepted to USC and, um, and so she was, uh, going to orientation or something and preparing to start at USC. And, uh, anyways, so, so she, um, so, so I was home alone 
and which was great. <laughs> and see, whenever I was home alone, that was that was the only time that I could watch TV. If my my father's wife was home, I couldn't watch TV because she would get mad. She's like, "How how dare you be able to watch TV while I have to do all these things?" And, you know, it's just like it was crazy. Anyway, so I'm watching TV, and don't judge me. I like SpongeBob. <laughs> So I'm watching SpongeBob on Nickelodeon and it goes to a commercial and we had a satellite because we were bougie like that, right? And so it goes to commercial and I don't like watching commercials (laughs) at all. So I, whenever a show would go to commercial, I would immediately go to, um, to the, uh, music channels, uh, I think at that time it was still called Much Music. It eventually became Fuse. I don't know if it's still a thing. But it was essentially Canadian MTV. And so there were usually music videos there. And then there was the H1 Classic, which, you know, generally played, like, music videos from the 80s. And there was VH1, which was very rapidly turning into nothing but, you know, um, reality shows. And then there was MTV2, I'm, I'm going backwards in the channel lineup because <laughs> that's what I would do is I would, I would go to much music and then go backwards from there. And then MTV two sh- still showed music videos. And then MTV was basically nothing but reality shows at that point in time. But sometimes, you know, you might catch a clip of a whatever. So, so I go to, so this goes to commercial. I go to much music, nothing good. The H1 classic, nothing good. The H1, nothing good. And then I get to MTV2, and it's this rock music video. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and and then and it's just that last chorus of The Young and the Hopeless. And I, I hadn't had a lot of, you know, exposure to Good Charlotte up to that point. Uh, the only thing I remember about Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous was just seeing a clip of... of uh, Benji Madden with his big old spiky hair <laughs> back in the day. That's, that's, that's all I remember. Anyways, um, you know, so this was, this was the first time I'd actually stopped and listened, uh, to, to a song. And, and so, it, and it was, a, it, it was at the end of the video. If you've ever seen the music video, they're just, they're essentially sitting in a room full of, like, trophies and certificates and stuff. And they're, they're playing songs, and then slowly the, you know, stuff starts coming off the walls and stuff. And finally, in that, um, in, you know, in that, like, instrumental break before the last chorus, they, they start smashing everything around. And so I, I came in while they were smashing things. I was like, ooh, rock music, smashing stuff. This sounds cool. <laughs> and then I hear the lyrics. I'm young and I'm hopeless. I'm lost and I know this. I'm going nowhere fast. That's what they say. I'm troublesome. I'm fallen. I'm angry at my father. It's me against this world and I don't care. And I, I started sobbing. I think I missed the end of SpongeBob because that hit me so hard. Because I was like, "That's that's my life. <laughs> that is my life right now." <laughs> and so I was thinking about that this morning. You know, you know, especially that lyric. It's me against this world, and I don't care. And 
and then and and it hit me it's like you know it's 20 years ago it's like it's me against the world and i'm like no it's me against myself it's me against the way that i see myself it's it's me against the way that i have you know carry expectations regarding myself and what i should be doing with my life that's that's what it is and then and 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 then i realized that there's there's a song on the last album that I've been aware of with regards to Good Charlotte, uh, which is called Generation RX. And uh, I think it's the very first song. Maybe it's the second song. Um, and it's called Shadow Boxer. And it's essentially um, breaking down how it's, how those battles are not outside of yourself they're they're inside your head you know and um and and the song it it is i i'm trying to remember like the lyrics i'm hearing it in my head and i can't break down the lyrics but it's just it's so interesting and see this is why uh i love good charlotte is because um their music has literally grown up with me i grew up i came of age with their music um you know i you know when i was when i was 17 18 i'm younger than than they are but obviously um there's you know 17 18 years old you know i'm i'm angry at the world and it's all this you know like hey i i don't care what the world thinks and i'm just i'm angry and i'm but i'm gonna have fun and i'm gonna do the things that i want whatever i do what i want you know a little punk ass (laughs) stuff and then and then you get into the chronicles of life and death and it's a little more introspective but also still very angry at the world. And then you get into, um, uh, what was the album after that? Uh, Good Morning Anthem. Is that what it was called? Uh, no, Good Morning Revival. <laughs> what kind of good Charlotte fan are you, Becca? Anyways, um, Good Morning Revival. And that was a little more mainstream but it was still pretty introspective it's it's not my favorite album let's be real the cardiology um their fifth album was more of again more introspective but it was more heart-centered and it was more like hey i i got this but then but then you get into um god damn it what's it called They they took a hiatus for like five years or something, and uh, and then the album that they that they released after that that was that was where they were really like looking at themselves, and, and and not only themselves but you know especially like relationships and difficulties of those relationships, um, which could be read as um difficulties within you know marriages and but also difficulties within their relationships with each other and then um and then generation rx is is that 
it feels it feels like a healing process and i'm like this has been my life this has been my life <laughs> oh my gosh i'm like on on um on the album that i can't remember the name of right now um uh, the one they released after the hiatus uh there's there's a song on there uh, called war that um <laughs> that i i remember listening to uh when i first when i first met the person that uh i call my twin flame and and cuz i used to call him my favorite human and now it's it's just it's it, that's that that doesn't feel right. And I mean, calling in my twin flame doesn't feel right either because of how many fucking grifters are in the whole idea of twin flames. And, you know, and that's, that's a, that's a, that's another thing for another time. But anyways, when I, when I first started learning about twin flames and the twin flame journey and, you know, and, and I realized that, he was mine um that was when i heard war for the first time even though i'd had the album for god only knows how long i hadn't actually like stopped and listened to that and and it's just and and the funny thing is is that song has is really meant different things to me over the past five and a half years so yeah <laughs> and um but yeah so the world <laughs> the world what what you see in the world is what you're actually seeing in yourself and so when i when i started going maybe the problem isn't that the world has these expectations of me maybe and the problem or that the world has this perception of me maybe the problem is that i have this perception of myself i think uh dolly parton put it best <laughs> this uh you know where she, she said um i don't get bothered by dumb blonde jokes because i know i'm not dumb and i also know i'm not blonde that's somebody who who <clears throat> who knows who they are you know and when you know who you are you know somebody comes along to say hey this is you're something different and you're like uh no <laughs> but thank you <laughs> you know and you you don't get angry because you're like yeah okay cool i get what i get what they're seeing but i also get who i am That's really fascinating. Anyways, that probably didn't make any sense to, to anyone outside of my own head. But, yeah. you. So, so what I've been doing over the past, you know, few weeks, you know, since I, since I realized this and I've been processing this, this sort of uh, epiphany, um, is that I still have layers upon layers of self-loathing that that i haven't cleared away you know and i, and I it's really funny because i'm like i feel like i've been doing this for forever 
and um you know i i should already like you know understand this and it's like no you know it's 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 kind of you know and and this is why i like calling it spiritual archaeology because when you look at like actual archaeology or physical archaeology i should say you know (laughs) as opposed to metaphysical archaeology um when you look at that like we are always discovering new things and then wondering what they were like you know why why they were how they were you know trying to to reverse engineer like there is there was this um news story that i saw uh over and over and over again because apparently this is where i am in various algorithms uh about this uh phallic thing that people have been speculating must have been like one of if not the first dildo <laughs> and they're like well you know who used it why do they use it what what how do they you know i mean we can understand like you know in theory how it is but like in what context and you know and all that but we're always finding something new you know, and we're always, there's always going to be, like, still something else to learn, you know, um, I, I was, I was watching, I think it was a Brain Blaze video, it was, it it was somewhere in the Whistleverse, I'm pretty sure it was Brain Blaze, um, but something about, or not, maybe it was somewhere else, no, I'm pretty sure it was in the Whistleverse, um, (laughs) <laughs> which by the way if you don't know what the whistle verse is like you're on the wrong side of youtube i'm just saying guys simon whistler <laughs> has like <laughs> all the channels <laughs> oh but he's he's a really he's a, he's a really good presenter you know like i'm I'm not i'm not gonna lie you know he's, he, he, he works hard um but it's hard to keep up with all those channels <laughs> i tell you what anyways um but there there are people actively looking for like the um final resting places of people like alexander the great and cleopatra and uh, is it genghis khan or genghis khan either way um there you know and and so along the way we're learning some other things that we didn't mean to learn but hey we learned them you know and that's that's kind of how this is it's you know it's 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 not like we're gonna 100 percent know what life was like for every person on the face of the planet all throughout human history because we're looking at human history there have been some discoveries that are now suggesting like we previously thought that humans had only been around for like a hundred thousand years and um and then and then it expanded out to 300,000 years and now it's like oh no maybe it was about 500,000 years <laughs> So, yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of years. (laughs) Oh, man, because, like, um, to put it in, in terms of money, like, you know, there's, there's this lottery called uh, Lucky for Life. I, I don't know if they're, uh, available in all states, but, um, they are available here in Colorado, and the prize is that uh, you get an annuity that will pay you 
um, weekly a thousand dollars a day. So, you know, you get a thousand dollars a day for the rest of your life. And I guess the annuity starts at like 20 years. And then if you're still alive after 20 years, you can get another annuity. <laughs> anyway, so it's a thousand dollars a day. And when you think about that, that's $365,000 a year, right? Humans have been around longer than that. It, it would be like, what, another... Um, and doing math in real time, another 135 days. So about four and a half months <laughs> before you made $500,000. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so that's 16 and a half months to get to $500,000 if you win the lucky for life thing uh, drawing and humans have been around that long and there are humans today that don't even make $500,000 a year that is a long time <laughs> why am I putting time and money well time is money anyways therefore money is time <laughs> money is the root of all evil <laughs> that's not true it's the it's the um what is it the the insatiable lust for money that is the root of all evil anyways not the point but the, the point that i'm trying to make other than 500,000 years is a really really long time <laughs> is that um you know there's a lot to learn about human history and because there's a lot to learn about human history there's a lot to learn about your history um i just i i i just finished reading finally uh the eight secrets to powerful manifesting by mandy morris and it's a really good book <laughs> like i knew it was a good book because it's mandy morris i love mandy morris um she always changes my life um but i i'm very easily distracted <laughs> thank you adhd brain so i i did this um back in october of uh, 2022 i did this three-day webinar you know event uh with with her and her husband her husband always makes an appearance and she, you know when he does events she makes appearances as well so they 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 work in tandem with each other um but I did this three-day event, and, and, and like, literally the night before, I, I was on the phone with my friend Greg, and I was like, Greg, I need, I need you to get me through, and I, I need you to talk me down, because I'm, I'm in a really, really, really bad place, and I'm afraid that I'm going to do something stupid and irreversible, and I need you to talk me down, <laughs> and, you know, and this was the night before that I knew, I knew from past experiences with Mandy Morris, I knew that if I could just get through to this event, something was going to shift in me and I was going to, to get a new pep in my step. But I was like, I was at the end of my rope the night before and, uh, Greg got me through. And then, um, and then, so I, uh, and so I did this event, and she's teaching uh, the, the most of the eight secrets 
um, that, that you see in this book, which is great. It's a really good book, and these are really great techniques, and and so I've been implementing them for the past year. And so what what had happened was I got the book, The Eight Secrets to Powerful Manifesting, on Audible, and um, and I started it, and then she said something. And I went, oh my gosh, I have to process this. And so I stopped listening. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and, and I got distracted. And then I never went back to the book. That happens all the time. <laughs> like, I go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I, and then I, I walk away. But uh, anyways, so yeah. So, um, so I finished that again. And you know, and, and the, the reason I bring all this up is that the, one of, one of the things that she talks about is detangling, uh, dense energy. Cause a lot of times we will get upset about something, but we're not actually upset about the thing that we're upset about. And, um, to go back to the, the story about my, my father's wife, is, uh, you know, whenever she would get upset about me or about anything, it always started with, you know, something to do with cleaning, cleanliness, tidiness, you know, something, something easily remedied. And then it escalated into, you know, she would go over everything you've ever done in her entire time of knowing you, and then you know like everything you've done wrong in this lifetime, in your last lifetime, in the lifetime before that. Here's what your mother did wrong. Here's what your grandmother did wrong. It was, it was, it was always a thing. But I don't think it was necessarily about the um, the fact that the belt on the vacuum cleaner broke. Um, <laughs> Or the fact that I forgot to clean the bathroom, or the fact that um, the uh, you know there were clothes on my bedroom floor. I don't, I don't think it was ever about any of that. I, I I don't know what it was actually about, but whatever it was about, it was there was something from her past that got tangled up in something in the present, and. And so, you know, the more you practice, like, detangling these sort of things, and, you know, and even Mandy talks about in the book about, you know, situations in the present where, you know, she's she's living a life that she loves, but there are moments where things get a little dense and heavy, and, you know, trauma from the past starts, you know, the energy from that trauma starts coming in and getting tangled up in, in the frustrations of the moment. And so, you know, you have to, to be aware of that and step back and, and, and work on detangling it in, in as real time as you can manage. And um, so that's why, you know, <laughs> that's why spiritual archaeology, metaphysical archaeology is, is something that's, that's you're always going to be like, oh, wait, I didn't realize I was still mad about that thing. <laughs> Um, as another example in, in, in this self-imposed exile from social media, <laughs> I have challenged myself to listen to 
a bunch of uh, courses from the great courses that, that are available from, from Audible. But one in particular is called Financial Literacy. And this is something that I feel I need to, to understand. And um, so I'm, I'm slowly working my way through this. But I noticed last night as I was listening to uh, a lecture on bonds that I was getting angry. Like every time I listen to a lecture from this, I'm, I'm getting angry. And I'm only on the seventh lecture right now. Um, and, you know, and I'm getting angry. And I'm like, well, why am I getting angry? Like, you know, this, this guy isn't like going rah, 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 Wall Street. He's also not going boo, 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 working class. He's, he's just explaining how the financial system works. This is how the financial system works. This is how it is. This is what a bond is. This is why a bond is, et cetera, et cetera. And it's very objective, but I'm getting upset about it. And so I had to go, why am I getting upset about this? And there were so many layers to why I was getting upset. And I mean, I wasn't like, you know, screaming, yelling or anything. I was just, it's, it's, the, it's that sense of discomfort. And I was just like, I'm irritated. Like, I know I need to listen to this. I know I need to understand this because, you know, financial literacy. Um, but at the same time, it's like, but why? And, you know, and so I had to peel back these layers of, of I'm, I'm angry because I didn't know this before. And because I didn't know this before, you know, not specifically about bonds, but about some other, you know, stuff specifically about like loans and, and all that credit loans, etc. Um, and because I didn't know about this, cause I wasn't taught this in school. I feel like I have less control over my life. And, you know, and, and, and I can speculate and say that this was intentionally done because you don't need to know about bonds and loans and shit like that in order to be a good little worker for, you know, the people at the top, make them the money, you know, make the products that make them the money, right? Um, but uh, that's you know, that's, that's speculative. So, you know, ultimately it comes down to I feel less in control of my life. And yes, I live off of SSI. It's not like I can have big assets, you know, because they, they start fucking with your uh, monthly payments. Um, once you get like $500 in assets, uh, and, and you lose it entirely when you have more than $2,000, I think in, uh, in assets. Anyways, it's, it's a whole thing. So the point is that, um, I have, I have a lot of like tangled up dense energy with this, like I feel out of control. And so then I had to go, well, why do I feel out of control? And, and I peeled back some of those layers and there's, <coughs> there's probably more, uh, tangled up energy around the, the feelings of lack of control in my life and, you know, capital T trauma and lowercase t trauma that I'm, that I, I haven't really fully addressed and that's fine. But in, in that moment, in order to, to get to a place where I'm like, okay, now I can learn more and, you know, and I, I have to, I've, I've come up with a plan for how I can, uh, <laughs> learn about the financial sector, you know, objectively, you know, 
this 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 uh, lecturer obviously you know has dedicated his life to learning financial markets and all that but you know so so he has a certain love of our current system uh however he is talking objectively about how it works and not really you know being elitist about it you know so that you know working class people can't understand it and he's also not being like you know oh eat the rich about it either obviously so you know it's 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 as objective as possible it's it's me it's me you know and that's 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 the thing is like and and this is something that I've honestly been working on uh, to go back to the twin flame thing. As much as I as 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 frustrated as I get with twin flame uh, grifters, grifters, grifties, <laughs> you know the people that are like, oh yes, we can help you find your twin flame because we know things. I'm I'm working my way through a documentary series on Prime actually about one such grifty a <laughs> i don't know why i just turned it into grifty a. anyways um and uh but for me uh viewing my experience my spiritual experience uh through that twin flame lens helped me get to where i am and are twin flames real or not i don't know i really don't care at this point i'm like i don't care you know, I, I call, I, I, I refer to the person that I believe to be my twin flame as my twin flame. I, I, I don't talk about him very often because it's a very complicated relationship. Um, but whether twin flames are real or not, whether this connection is a thing or not is, it doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day it doesn't matter you know sometimes sometimes you have to put on you know like if if you've ever worn glasses you know that you're supposed to update your prescription every like two years because your vision changes over time you know so every every two years or well actually i think like every year you know two years one to two years you need to go in and 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 get new frames new or not new frames new lenses you know just check up on on how your vision is progressing something like that and you know and so you might not realize how bad your vision is over time until you get those new lenses and so you know it's it's the similar thing um, with, uh, spirituality and, uh, personal growth is like, you may be wearing a set of lenses right now, metaphorically speaking, to view your experience, but, you know, in a year or two or, you know, however long, those lenses aren't going to give you the same clarity as when you update that prescription. Um, so I'm, I'm no longer primarily filtering through that twin flame journey lens. I'm, but I needed that lens to get to where I am now. Um, because in that journey, 
in 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 digging into that idea of um learning to love yourself unconditionally by loving someone else unconditionally i learned so much about stepping back and asking myself what what of myself do i see in this person that's irritating me <laughs> i feel like there's a there's a shakespeare quote in there that i that's just just out of reach um you know so somebody irritates me and and, and i have to step back and go why does this irritate me this irritates me because i see a part of myself that i don't like in this person and that's that's the key with the world is what frustrates you about the world is what frustrates you about yourself and um you know if the world is cruel to you it's because you are cruel to yourself and now i'm not saying that there isn't cruelty in this world i'm not saying you know individuals don't make choices and you know there's a lot of nuance but when but when we create this monolith that is the world and say that's how the world is that's actually says more about ourselves and this is this is something that only just finally started shifting and clicking into place um as as i have reduced to the number of distractions that i allow myself to have when i get into these uncomfortable head spaces so anyways um i have nothing to promote <laughs> Um, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell is going like I bought a domain to uh, to use to forward to my uh, my pen site page where I offer services and stuff um, but I think I'm doing something wrong so I think I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have to fine-tune that so I can't really promote and even if I had that available I I'm just took everything down and i'm like okay okay we're gonna start from scratch on this <laughs> as as i reevaluate like how how i want to structure you know my uh prices and uh the offerings and stuff so anyways i have nothing to promote because uh, i'm by the time you hear this i may still i may be back up on tiktok i don't know I have challenged myself to finish this financial literacy course uh, before I go back on TikTok. And who knows how long that's going to take because, you know, I, I, I can only handle one lecture at a time at this point. And, you know, maybe that'll accelerate. Like I said, I'm on lecture seven and there's 24 lectures. So we'll see how this goes. Um, so, yeah. When I have something to promote. I will promote it in the meantime. Uh, I'm going to take it easy and abide. And I hope you'll join me in taking it easy and abiding. Talk to you later.